Welcome to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, holistic health coach, clinical herbalist, and functional medicine pharmacist, or just holistic pharmacist for short. Whether you're a healthcare professional helping to support the health of your clients or going through your personal healing journey, I believe you will find yourself right at home with this podcast. My co-hosts and I will be merging the scientific with the holistic all season long, as well as sharing stories that will touch your heart and challenge your mind. Please enjoy the show. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I'm Dr. Jenna Carmichael, and we are here today for a special edition of our Journal Club in um, our monthly series here. And I have today with me Dr. Angela Cates, and we will be discussing from um, gut dysbiosis to altered brain function and mental illness mechanisms and pathways. So I think this is going to be a really interesting discussion today because we're going to talk about the gut. We're going to talk about the brain and with uh, someone who really knows her stuff, Dr. Cates here. So a little bit of background about our guests. So Dr. Angela Cates is a pharmacist, a board certified pharmacotherapy specialist, and a certified functional medicine practitioner. She's a graduate of the Purdue University School of Pharmacy. In 2020, Angela founded Kate's Pharmacy Consulting, LLC, which is focused on ensuring safe medication use. And in 2021, she pivoted her practice to include a functional medicine approach and created Cultivate Health and Wellness with a focus on the gut-brain connection. Now, Cultivate Health and Wellness serves parents of children and teens who are working to identify and reverse the underlying causes of their child's anxiety and depression. And she uses an integrative approach with a focus on the gut microbiome, pharmacogenomics, nutrigenomics, and functional lab testing to optimize mental wellness. I'm so excited to talk about this because I think this is going to be really exciting. But the other thing that I think is so awesome about you, Angela, is that you volunteer at a free health clinic and um, that is uh, serving an underserved population. You also are a teacher as well as an adjunct faculty. And of course you spend time with your family and you live on a farm and you enjoy traveling all about it, all about it. So I'm so, I'm so, so happy to have you here with us today. Thanks, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to to share what we're doing and, and just help people get more educated about this gut brain connection. Yes. And I, I think it's so interesting and we'll be talking specifically about this article, but you specifically are working with parents and with children because of this gut brain connection. And so why don't you tell us um, a little bit more about your background in that and why this gut brain connection is such an important topic for you? Okay, absolutely. Um, So this really all started for me and it stemmed from my son. He really struggled with anxiety, ADHD, even some depression. Um, And, you know, being a pharmacist, we had tried some of the traditional things. We've tried medication, we tried counseling, but we still weren't seeing the benefits um, that we would like to see. And I kept the whole time, I kept asking myself, why, why is he having these issues? What's going on? Why aren't the traditional treatments working? And so I really just dove into exploring other treatment options and really trying to find out the why. Um, And so if you're not familiar with functional medicine, it's all about identifying the root cause. What is causing these symptoms? 
Um, and what really came up what, as I was looking into all this is how much your microbiome plays a role into mental health. And he had several risk factors for having poor gut health. He was born by C-section. He was on a lot of antibiotics as a child. Um, and those are both kind of addressed in the study. And I bring those up not to make parents feel guilty because I know it's easy to like put that guilt on ourselves, but just kind of exploring like, okay, these are the things that kind of set him up for his gut, for having poor gut health. And then that in turn, along with probably other factors, kind of created this, this mental health symptoms he was having. So that's really why I got interested in the gut brain access. It's so fascinating to me, all the different ways that it can, that it interacts with your brain. Um, and this article kind of addresses some of those multiple ways through the immune system, through the vagus nerve. Um, there's just multiple ways that those two are connected. And so I feel like, especially, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where we were, you're not getting benefits, or ideally you would address this before you would try medication. Um, you know, it's something that's easy to work on. Um, as far as easy, I mean, you're changing what you're eating. You're not having to take medications, um, which maybe isn't easy, but I guess a harmless way that you can kind of work on, work on your health. <laughs> yes. And I think too, you know, we're just really finally understanding how much the our gut microbiome really affects overall health in general. And so to see an article like this, to show that, yes, there really is this gut brain connection that it really does make a difference. It, it, to me makes sense, makes lots of sense. <laughs> yes. And, you know, if, if people aren't familiar with the gut microbiome, it's really just the balance of the good and bad bacteria that line your GI system. And they do a lot. Um, they make vitamins in your system. Those actually, those uh, microbes in there synthesize vitamins. A lot of those vitamins are things like B6, which your body needs for mental health. Um, it also makes neurotransmitters like serotonin which if you're familiar with that, that's kind of that feel good hormone and having low levels of serotonin could cause anxiety or depression. Um, it also houses the immune system in the gut. So those microorganisms in your gut are really doing a lot for your health. Yes, I agree. And so the study that we're going to talk about today is called from gut dysbiosis to alter brain function and mental illness mechanisms and pathways. And so this is a review article. The, um, the link for the article will be in the show notes for anybody who's interested in reading it. And I would actually recommend if you're interested in this topic to take a look through this article as a review article, it's very well written. It's really easy to read. And I think what I, what I do think is very interesting about this article in particular, um, it does talk about the differences in the gut bacteria from the mother to the child. And then also as the child is growing up. And so what do we know about the, you know, about, you know, what are the likelihood of potential um, mental illness or trouble with uh, mental health as the child ages when they're in utero? What do we know about that? Yeah. So the article did really go into a lot of detail. Um, you know, reviewing studies, looking at the maternal health and how much that affects the child. Um, so maternal stress played a big role. Um, also, like if the, if the mother, if she was having gut dysbiosis and things were out of balance, that can affect the child. 
Um, and where that, that C-section piece comes in is children who are born vaginally, they get colonized with the bacteria from their mother. And so it sets them up for establishing a healthy microbiome. And so children who are born by C-section don't get exposure to that. Um, so I think a couple pieces to take away from that, um, at least for me thinking, you know, if you're um, a female of childbearing age, you're preparing for pregnancy, like making sure your gut health is in check, making sure your stress is in check, because then you can set your child up, you know, for the best chances. And of course, you can't always avoid having a C-section. Um, but if you do, then um, there's a lot of studies showing that using a prebiotic or pre and probiotic for the child, even those first two years of life, when the gut microbiome is really getting established, that can help set them up down the road. So, I mean, I think those are some things we can kind of gather from this, just seeing how maternal health, of course, we all try to do the best for our child and, you know, you do the best you can at the time you know that. Um, but doing things to address um, inflammation um, and gut health in the mother can have effects on the child and their, their mental health down the road, which is really pretty significant if you think about that. Yeah. And I think too, you know, for all, for those who are adults who were born through a C-section, I think too, that also gives you a little bit more information about yourself as well. Right. Because, okay, I am, you know, I am a child that was born through C-section, um, and was an emergency C-section. There's, um, there's a story in my family that apparently my arm was around my head. Oh. Um, and so when they opened up my mother, my arm waved out to the entire <laughs> operating room. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Hello world. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that, you know, is an, an example of an emergency C-section because I believe my mother was in labor for almost 24 hours by that point. Um, and so, yes, that does impact, you know, your gut health as an adult, as you grow up and, you know, what potential sort of, you know, issues with mental health, such as anxiety, such as other um, things like depression and things potentially, you know, at least might give you a little bit more information. Oh, potentially that may be something to think about to help me that idea. Yeah. And I think it also kind of brings up the importance too, um, which if you're in the pharmacy world, you know, we talk a lot about antibiotic stewardship and mm -hmm. using antibiotics appropriately, but especially those first couple years of life, if your child is getting a lot of antibiotics, that really disrupts the microbiome and doesn't allow it to develop how it normally would. And that's the same case for adults. I mean, if you're repeatedly taking courses of antibiotics, that's affecting that balance of the good and bad bacteria. And so, you know, it goes back to a lot of times the antibiotic is needed, but like checking in and making sure, is this really needed or is this something viral that's going to resolve on its own? And if you are having these repeated courses of antibiotics, maybe doing some extra work, making sure you're getting the fiber um, maybe taking a probiotic to help keep that balance, but, you know, just being a little bit more vigilant about protecting your gut microbiome. If you are having to take a lot of antibiotics. Yes. Yeah. From my experience working in the cancer space, I definitely see this a lot, you know, and unfortunately we see a decent amount of C. difficile infections because of that very reason, you know, patients get put on an antibiotic and then all of a sudden they start getting diarrhea and, 
smells horrible. And, and unfortunately an infection like that is very debilitating, right? People can, you know, they go through multiple courses of treatment, just trying to stem that infection, their gut really ever, you know, it doesn't ever seem the same afterward. It's a lot of time and effort to try to repopulate and get that gut back into good shape again. Yes, exactly. So with all this information that we found out about, you know, what's important with the, with our um, children while they're in utero, you know, if they're a vaginal birth versus a cesarean section, but as they're growing up in those first critical years of life, what do we know about um, the gut microbiome in regard to mental health and the young child? So what they found is disruptions in the gut microbiome. Um, it can increase the risk of ADHD, anxiety, depression, um, autism also has been um, linked with gut dysbiosis and specifically a shortage of some of those short chain fatty acids that are really helpful. Um, the bacteria produce that and they cross the blood brain barrier and really help with that cognitive function. Um, and then I thought it was interesting, you know, this is a review article, so you know, some pluses and minuses, it showed that, um, you know, a high fat diet could disrupt the gut microbiome, but I really would like to know like what types of fats those are, because a lot of healthy fats could be really beneficial. Um, so that's one thing, um, that I feel like would be helpful to know more about, but also there's, there's other studies showing this, a diet high in sucrose or sugar, um, definitely affected the short and long-term memory in children. And this makes a lot of sense. Sugar is very inflammatory. It's allowing those harmful bacteria to really grow and kind of take over. Um, some of these harmful bacteria produce a substance called LPS, which is called lipopolysaccharide. That is very inflammatory. And there's more and more thought that depression and a lot of these mental illnesses are really as a result of inflammation in the brain. So if you're eating sugar, which is inflammatory, and then it's feeding those bacteria, causing them to make more of their inflammatory LPS substance, you're just continuing to fan the fire of inflammation in the brain. So I definitely think we can apply that piece about, about sugar um, and our diet and sucrose. Um, the, the piece on fat, I was, I was kind of surprised by, but then I thought, well, it, it depends on probably the quality of fat that they were feeding them. And again, this was a study in mice. So was it more correlated with just the increase in weight and kind of the overconsumption versus like what kind of fats they were? Um, but yeah, I feel like it, you know, it really talked about some of those things um, as far as what you're eating, how then that can affect the microbiome and in turn mental health. Yeah, I'd be interested to see, you know, what they thought of as a high fat diet compared to what we know of as keto or intermittent yes. fasting type of diet plans, because what we know about the brain and fat is that those are usually two peas in a pod yes. <laughs> and that, you know, the ketogenic diet itself was actually developed for seizure patients. Um, and so I do agree with you. I think that that is fascinating, but I think that does show the limitation that a lot of these studies are done, not in humans, they were done in mice populations or rat populations, um, because of the ease of manipulability, you know, I'm sure. And 
And we know too, that dietary studies are very difficult to do in humans in general, right? Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it does kind of help us understand that connection, like how what's going on in the gut affects the brain. So I feel like that piece is helpful. But again, like you said, doing well-controlled studies like that in humans are so difficult because, you know, your diet affects your microbiome, any antibiotic use, poor sleep affects your microbiome, um, toxic, um, any toxic substances you're, you're interacting with. So it would be really difficult to get a really good study controlling for all those factors. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that this kind of also shows now the, this idea of, you know, personalized medicine, you know, precision medicine, this is that idea, right? Because now that we kind of know that there's this connection, what can we do to help our patients moving forward? You know, okay, we know that there's this possibility, but what, you know, what are those tips and tricks that we could actually do to help the person who's sitting in front of us? Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's how I approach this with my clients. Um, this is a piece of the treatment. It's not like we only address the gut microbiome. Um, it's a piece of it, but it can help us understand, like you said, understand what's going on and it can give us things to focus on. Like, do we need to add more fiber to the diet so that we're feeding those good bacteria so that we're getting the benefits of the beneficial bacteria? Do we need to limit sugar so we're not feeding the harmful bacteria? Do we need to look at what kind of environmental toxins we're being exposed to and clean up some of the things in our home and our environment? Um, do we need to make sure we're getting good quality sleep? Um, so those are some of the things that we look at. Um, you know, other things that I feel like are very complementary to this I talked about how some of the bacteria help make vitamins like vitamin B6, which your body needs to make serotonin, you know, checking vitamin levels, are those low? And so is that something that you can either supplement with, add more foods containing B vitamins to your diet while you're waiting for the gut microbiome to heal and produce its own? So those are some pieces that we kind of like fit together to look at that. And so do you use any specific kind of testing um, to figure out the microbiome in your clients? Yes. Um, I know there's a lot of different tests out there, but I use a stool test called a GI map. Um, and so clients would send in a stool sample and then it gives us a lot of information about what's going on in the gut. So we can see, we can look at digestion. Are they digesting their foods? We can see if there's inflammation in there. Um, we can see if there's markers for leaky gut, which that's often associated with mental health. So you have leaky gut, your gut should be a barrier, keeping food, food and toxins and harmful bacteria in the gut moving through your system. If your gut is leaky, it can allow pieces of food and inflammatory substances out into your system can get to your brain, cause inflammation and contribute to some of those symptoms. So it has a marker looking at that. It's also gonna show us levels of good and bad bacteria. So low levels of good bacteria. Um, I've seen this correlated with mental health symptoms, symptoms um, because they produce these things called short chain fatty acids that are really beneficial for the brain and help with cognition. Um, it looks at overgrowth of harmful bacteria and those, so that comes back to the LPS. I kind of talked about that 
inflammatory substance. Um, and so looking at that, we can see, okay, we have way too much overgrowth of this. What can we do to address that? Or we have too few of the good bacteria. How can we feed those? Um, which is usually through adding more fiber to the diet, um, eating plenty of phytonutrient foods, um, which is your colors, your rainbows, eating a rainbow each day. Um, it might be adding probiotics, especially if your good bacteria is really low, maybe adding probiotics. So that's kind of how we can get a picture of what's going on um, in the microbiome. And, and it can just kind of help guide, guide the treatment. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that the, there's such a fascinating thing with this test. Um, I order it for my clients as well, because it's different than the other types of stool testing that we can see in the hospital. You know, a lot of times the, the stool testing we have is, is there parasites there? Are there not parasites there? <laughs> um, you know, is there E. coli that's causing an infectious diarrhea, you know, but it doesn't give us this you know, oh, you are, are not, you are, or you are not digesting your food in an appropriate manner, or, you know, you do have this amount of bacteria in your gut, but it's not pathogenic. Whereas some of those tests aren't going to tell you whether or not they are the things that are causing the trouble or they're not. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it still is going to tell you if you have parasites or worms or, you know, it still addresses that, but then it also goes so much deeper with that other information. Um, and another piece on it that I find really helpful, it looks at your gut's immune response and that, you know, there's such a correlation with that and your stress level. So mm -hmm. I know for me personally, when I did my test, it was like, I mean, I knew I was dealing with too much stress, but then seeing on there, how, despite everything else I was doing, still my gut immune function was relatively low. And, you know, that can really be traced back to stress. So that was just another, I use the information to kind of motivate me. Okay. We really need to like work on, work on managing the stress a little bit better. Well, and I think that that kind of shows too, that, you know, when we're talking about mental health, right. I think sometimes we think about these big mental health diagnoses, like schizophrenia, like psychoses, other sorts of things, but really, you know, when we're talking about mental health, that's an everyday sort of thing. It doesn't have to be a major depressive disorder. You can still feel depressed. You can still feel a little low and, you know, it doesn't have to meet diagnostic quote unquote criteria for you to be able to see benefits from, you know, having a diet that has more of that probiotic fiber in there and, you know, taking a test like this to see are the strategies that I'm utilizing right now, are they working or are they not working? And maybe I should change my approach, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I just love, I feel like the more information you have, the more it can like empower you to make changes. So I just think it's really fascinating seeing all that. And and it really highlights, you know, we brought up the stress um, and the mental health. And I think it's really interesting with stress um, specifically, stress can cause dysbiosis. So if you're really stressed, it can cause an imbalance of bacteria in your gut. But at the same time, that balance of bacteria in your gut can activate the stress response and make you feel more stressed. So you can kind of get into this just really vicious cycle. Um, so I think looking at that, this test can help you see what's going on and, you know, help get that bacteria back in balance and address your stress at the same time so that you're hitting both, both sides of that. Yeah. 
And I think that, you know, this is the sort of thing that just helps us know more, but I think that the one test and figuring out what that is, is one part of this overall picture, right? You talked about dietary changes, toxin exposures, and these are things that happen, not just in utero, not just as, you know, you're a young child, they happen now throughout a person's entire life. And, and I see this a lot with our patients on chemotherapy, because I hear from a lot of people that they're always tell me, Oh, my gut just isn't the same after I had treatment. It most likely is not. That is very true. And so you don't have to live with a gut that gives you trouble all the time. There are ways that we can find a way to make things work. And I think that having, um, practitioners like yourself who are really looking at that gut brain connection, who have that functional medicine testing ability and really looking at that root cause, I think is why it's, these ideas are gaining very widely. People are really interested in this idea. Yes, I agree. And, and I think another big piece to this, why, why this topic keeps coming up, this gut brain connection, you know, we're seeing more and more companies popping up and they're they're calling them psychobiotics. I mean, they're probiotics, but they're specifically, you know, targeting certain mental health um, symptoms. And I think the verdict is still kind of out on how helpful that is versus just, you know, addressing with prebiotics. Um, but what I think is really interesting um, is antidepressants are so commonly used. I mean, they're one of the most commonly prescribed medications. But the thing that that's difficult about that is, you know, we could probably have a whole nother discussion on antidepressant use, but you know, in general, it's thought maybe 40 to 60% of people see some improvement with antidepressants. So you're still leaving at least 40% of the people aren't getting any benefit from it. Um, And then at the same time, a lot of that's probably a big placebo effect, but at the same time, there's a lot of potential side effects from antidepressants. So in my mind, if there's something that we can do with very little risk, like maybe taking a probiotic or a psychobiotic, Um, And addressing gut health, if we can get some benefit, either in addition to an antidepressant or in place of an antidepressant, I feel like that's really exciting because, as you mentioned, mental health affects everyone, whether you're suffering from it or you know somebody who is, and it just continues to escalate. So I feel like we need better treatment options. And if this is another potential option um, with really very little risk, I think it it's great. It's good to have more options in there. Yes. Yeah. And I think too, the other part of this is the empowerment piece as well, because when you take the time to figure out how does my body respond when I eat this food or that food, you know, I, I've recently been doing this for myself, you know, as you, as you get into these holistic methods, you're always like, Oh, I want to try this for myself. But you know, the more that I realized, okay, if I eat too much gluten, for example, I know that I'm going to wake up in the morning the next day with a bellyache and maybe some nausea. And it's nice to be able to say that to myself. Okay. I am knowingly and going for that cake because I want it. And I know what the, what my ramifications are for that, but at least I know that, you know, rather than, Oh, why do I wake up feeling so gross all the time? At least I have an understanding of that. Right. And I can definitely second that. And I feel like that's a big piece of it. I mean, part of my health journey, I was having headaches all the time. Um, You know, I tested my gut health and it looks like I probably had food sensitivities. So I tested that. 
And you really don't know what foods are affecting you when you feel bad all the time. It's just like, oh my gosh, I always have like this brain fog and these headaches. But doing an elimination diet, cutting out all those foods, and then you feel so much better. Then, you know, now once in a while, if I eat something and I don't feel good, I'm like, okay, what did I eat that kind of triggered this? When before you really didn't know because (laughs) I never felt, you know, you never felt good. Mm -hmm. So I think that's so important too, is just taking the time to slow down and listen to your body and figure out how certain foods are, are making you feel. Yes. And I think that that's the, I think that's the way we need to end this because I think exactly it, you know, and I really, I want to thank you so much for being with us today, Angela. It has been such a pleasure talking with you about the gut and the microbiome. Um, Why don't you give our listeners some idea of where they can find you on social? We'll have all your links um, in the show notes as well. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I have a um, Facebook page, Cultivate Health and Wellness. Um, where I'm probably the most active, providing lots of educational content um, that can help you. Um, Also, I can be found on LinkedIn, Angela Cates. So those would be probably the two best ways to reach me. Wonderful. Yeah, I I am so happy to chat with you today. You're doing wonderful, amazing work. And I think that anytime that we can promote and empower our patients to know themselves better, it's a win-win for everybody involved. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. This was a great conversation. I loved it. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you learned something new from it, I'd love if you could leave us a five-star review and share it with a friend who might love it too. You can find me on any of the podcast and social media platforms by looking up Holistic Pharmacist or Dr. Marina Booksov. Thank you for your support and see you next time.